and welcome into the Lakers Fast Break YouTube channel. I am your host for this evening, Magic Man, aka Sean Grace, and with me is my beloved co-host, panelist, Joe Soro. And Joe, we're coming to you after watching what could only be described as hard, lumpy oatmeal for an effort that the Lakers gave against the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, I did just call it a an amber herd like turd left in the bed. Uh, that's probably a better description for what we saw, especially against a three-win San Antonio Spurs team. But yes, the Lakers fall, Joe, 129-115. Just before we get into it, your overall thoughts on what, uh, what you saw from that uh, turd. Well, I guess at this point, uh, if there's one thing for sure that we need to understand uh, about the roster is that Max Christie's not an NBA player. I would say this is pretty much the clincher. There's been hints of it. There's been those who say he's developing. If he develops, he can play well, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and assess his development at this point. The point is we don't need players to develop. This team needs players that know what they're doing game in and game out. Unfortunately, there's too many role players on this team that are not good enough to play consistently game in and game out and players that would be reliable in the future, future being obviously the playoffs. Uh, the positive note tonight was Austin Reeves, it seems to be getting out of whatever was going on the first month of the year. That's the positive. LeBron is obviously going to play the way he is. Obviously, his defense is going to not be what we wish it would it would be. But that's the that's the tough part about that is if he does play all out on both ends, he's going to die out quicker. Uh, Jackson Hayes, uh, I can see the effort. I can see the effort. I can see he's trying and playing and but he's just not good enough uh christian wood jesus christ i don't understand what's going on with free throws with him and this team in general but it, it's a dagger to the heart when you just keep missing not one but two free throws in the same stance that's essentially a turnover when you miss two free throws at once that is a turnover in my book, and it's a it's a turnover in many people's books. So imagine that if you counted that deficiency, you are adding to negative plays during the game. Uh, the play that really bothered me was the last play, and this has been going on for a while. The last shot of each quarter. This coaching staff and this team's inability to lock down on that shot is abhorrent times 10 and it needs to f and stop it's 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 like the last five seconds or 10 seconds of a round in boxing you ever see those guys really go at it can you at least in the last five to ten seconds of a last second shot each quarter can you play defense like it's the last thing you're gonna do so you can at least have a chance at stopping that so they're down two, and then they allow a three-point play to go into the half. And I knew at that moment the Lakers were going to lose because they came back. I'm sorry, they were down four. 
At that point, it went from a four-point lead to a seven-point lead going into the half, and then the Lakers came back, got the ball in the, in the, to start the third quarter, got a two-point uh, basket, and they were down five instead of two. It makes a difference. The little things make a difference. But this team does not have that ability because it's not being taught to them. It's just not. And it's it's a, it's it's a it's a plague that that that's in the NBA in general. It doesn't matter if a coach has won coach of the year. It doesn't matter if a if a coach has won a championship. This is a bipolar league. And you can have an amazing year, an amazing month, an amazing six months, whatever. But it just effort and focus just is not there. Just like human beings and public human beings in the world now, their attention spans is trash. And the, the, the details on why when you go to a retail place or you go to and order something from somewhere, why is the service worse now than ever before? Why? Because no one does the details anymore. Too, too many people are busy just doing absolutely nothing. Just because you're in a hurry, just because you're busy, doesn't mean you're efficient. Doesn't mean you're doing anything positive. And that's what the Lakers were tonight. They were just busy. But there was no execution, correct execution. Too many missed free throws. Too many missed wide open shots. And you made a three-win team look like a playoff team. You should be ashamed of yourselves. I don't care who was out. And by the way, Jared Vanderbilt has gotten worse on offense since last year. Not better. He's gotten worse. I don't know what he did this summer. But if you all think that Jared Vanderbilt's going to help this team, where it matters, I, 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 he better, he better, something better click between now and 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 uh, the end of April. Otherwise, you guys are going to see exactly what you saw last year during the Denver series, and that was nothing. As uh, welcome everybody in, the, the room's filling up a little bit. Lakers fall one twenty nine one fifteen. The Spurs, uh, Joe, uh, one Devin Vassell uh, goes for a career high thirty six points tonight. Uh, 12 and 19 from the field, 5 or 10 from deep. As as we've seen on this Texas road trip, Joe, although the Lakers went 1 or 2, um, they could have easily been 0 and 3. And the defense has been a little bit shaky. Uh, the rotations have, uh, have been really, really mind-numbingly bad. And look, Gerald's correct when he says that a lot of a lot of the fans of teams um, are basically uh, moaning about the rotations, even on on a win streak. That being said, Joe, this starting five was a minus twenty. They were down forty-two to twenty-two after the first quarter. Ham inexplicably, and that's the best word to describe it, decides. He's going to roll the dice and go back to the same starting five. Now, this is at a time when Jared Vanderbilt has picked up four fouls in 13, in 13 minutes, and he really didn't see the floor much in the second half. And Jackson Hayes had three fouls and picked up, it picked up two quick ones in the third quarter. But this man still went back to that starting five. And quite frankly, if you look at the results, 
Lakers have scored 29-25, even with that same starting. So he went with a, a unit that was minus 24 in about eight, eight, 19 and a half minutes, Joe. Ham's not, Ham's not learning from his mistakes as we once thought he was. I... The, the the only way Ham gets out of this alive, and I say alive as in you know, title, is he's gonna need uh, AD and LeBron to play like not like all stars. He's gonna need them to play like all time greats in 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 the playoffs. This game should be a little evidence of how much of an effect. AD has on defense and how important it is that that he he play. <laughs> and we we predicted he was not going to play tonight. I I was sure of it after 2 days ago. Uh, I thought LeBron was going to play of course cuz you can't have both sit. I just didn't think Delo was going to sit. I thought losing Delo was a problem. And when I found out well, why was. he was when I found out why he wasn't playing, because we needed a third score. We needed a third score tonight. Even though Austin Reeves was doing a lot, we still needed a third guy, and we couldn't get that guy. If we had got, if we had, had that third score, we would have likely won this game. And I believe the Lakers set this one out as well. They picked their spots. They let San Antonio essentially – win the game because they're like, well, if they win, if we win the game, we win the game. If not, you know, well, we're going to, we're going to ease up the, the, the we're going to ease up a little here so that we cannot kill ourselves. Right. It is what it is. But going back to the basics here, uh, uh, Sean, uh, sorry, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, I, no you finished, sir. Cause you going said back to the I... basics. Yeah. Going back to the basics is uh, there's, there's, there's a glaring weakness in so many areas. And a lot of it is always going to be determined by how you use those players. If you don't use marginal players the correct way and, and you actually manage them terribly, they will play terribly. And from a coaching standpoint, we're not getting anything in terms of any relevancy in a system or any kind of usage that would benefit a particular player's skill that isn't LeBron James, uh, Austin Reeves, or when D'Angelo's playing, or obviously Anthony Davis. So right now you have really four players that can play basketball in a normal setting every game. Whether they're playing really well or really okay, what that's irrelevant. The point is you can stick Austin Reeves in the game, and Austin Reeves is going to do Austin Reeves things. D'Angelo Russell, the same thing. LeBron and AD, obviously the same thing. But everyone else, it is a, it, it's a it's a it's a just an absolute crap show. And if you're not going to put these players in the right positions and coach them up, you they will do nothing for you. They will do nothing for you. Uh, the Lakers' only chance of winning a championship this year is to get a third scorer that's consistent when LeBron sits. They need that guy, and he's probably going to need to be an all-star type player. Otherwise, the, the Lakers will eventually play this out how they can. They'll probably win 48, 50 games this year, and then they'll go into the playoffs, however the seeding turns out. They'll probably beat somebody in the first round, but I don't think they'll get out of the second. 
that's kind of where this this seems to be balanced out unless something something drastic happens in uh, before the deadline it's just not Darvin Ham is not an NBA coach and for the love of God Max Christie is not an NBA player Stone Hansen said this a year ago listen to Stone folks he's been wrong like maybe twice when it came to basketball maybe twice because the stuff that he was wrong in wasn't really wrong when you when you delve into it and that's a talk for another day when he gets on the show because I want to talk to him about that in front of everybody. The Lakers need to understand, as far as the starting lineup today, you were right. They came out of the second half with the same starting lineup that was getting destroyed in the first half. That shows right there that Darvin Ham just does not have a, a pulse on this team. He just doesn't. He doesn't have a pulse. He doesn't have a feeling on anything. Is it? Is he just... Is he just taking a chance? Is he what is he doing out there? I don't know, but he's not a good coach, not a good head coach. And the there's, sad there's, thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, Joe, it's coaching malfeasance. Like, there's no way he could explain to you or me, to members of the audience, that somehow playing Max Christie, Jackson Hayes, Christian Wood, and Torian Prince together is 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 a good basketball strategy. It's not. It's not. No, it's not. Now, let's say there's a defense to Darvin Ham, right? Let's say you're one of those people who's positive and wants to look at things with the half-full glass, right? So you're going to say, you're going to come back with a reply. Joe, you're being unreasonable. Anthony Davis was out, Reddish was out, and D'Angelo Russell was out. You're essentially telling me that three starters are out. What is Darvin Ham supposed to do? I'll tell you what he's supposed to do. You do not play Max Christie with Jackson Hayes and Torian Prince. You put in Rui somewhere in there, and if you have to move the parts however you want in that situation, fine. Let Austin play the the guard role. Let him play the guard role. And if you need to play another guard, obviously you got Prince. I know he's listed as a power forward, but this is a, a freelance NBA culture now you don't really need to designate anybody a specific position but playing max christie was a really bad move you didn't have a choice with jackson hayes because we don't really have another center uh and i'm sorry you know christian wood is just not hacking it at this point pardon the pun uh maybe he is hacking it and then torian prince you know torian prince is that guy that can still in some cases hit that bucket from three so you have to play him in this situation but putting Max Christie in in the, fr- the, the beginning of the game and then not learning your lesson in the second half, that is a bad coaching decision. And it costs you this game, especially after they had come back. And the little things are what bother me more than the starting lineup. You know, I never really talk about starting lineups. You know, to me, you want to start the team with something fine. But will you adjust when you see stuff that's not working? That's when you got to get on those guys. And you guys need to figure out, and I say you guys as in the Lakers team, when are you going to figure the deficiencies out that are the basic deficiencies? Can you guard a team for 10 seconds ever really hard? Why can't you play defense really hard for 10 seconds at the end of every quarter? I would love to get a statistic this year 
I don't have the time. I wish I did. One of the reasons why I mentioned Stone a lot is Stone used to watch 13 hours of basketball every day. That is the greatest source you could go to in terms of information because he knows all that stuff. I unfortunately can't watch that much basketball. I have to make a living. I can watch maybe two to three to four hours of basketball. I'm not going to get everything. And even that, in some cases, sometimes I don't even watch basketball if the Lakers aren't playing because, again, I, I don't have time. But there isn't enough speed and efficiency being brought together here. If they were competing and then they lost, I've told you guys this before. You guys saw me not even be able to speak when they were after the Dallas game. Why was I upset? Why was I upset? I was upset because Dallas had to make every shot that ever was created for them to beat us barely. And I was angry at that. I wasn't angry at the team. The team played well. They're in a hostile environment. And all of a sudden, these guys are making things. They're all, they all turned into Larry Bird and Steph Curry. So, But in these losses, the differences between these losses and those losses is you're playing a three-win team, and you still have LeBron James. You should win this game if you have just some semblance of some kind of a system that's articulate, that's, that's effective, something. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. It's not as if the Spurs have been playing from behind for this 18-game losing streak. There have been times during some of these games, ladies and gentlemen, where they have had the lead. And they've just blown it. And they almost blew it again tonight. Joe, there were, there were three different periods, one before the, the half ended, one in the third quarter, and then a little bit before the fourth, where the Lakers were able to cut a lead from 18 to 8, or from 19 to 12, or from 16 to 10. But Records were made to be broken, man. And as don't want to swear, as much as I hate the fact that they had to break their losing streak against us because we extended it, that's just the way it goes. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be in this position, Joe. But I had a bad feeling something like this was gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, your feeling was dead on, and I believed it even last week when you said it. You, 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 you felt. You've watched enough basketball. You've seen enough of, uh, I don't want to call it instinct. It's more than instinct. It's it's knowledge. You've seen enough. You have the knowledge. You have, you're like the guy that can handicap the game. He doesn't know what's going to happen in that game. He, no matter what, no one knows what the stock market's going to do, right? No one knows. But you have guys that can do really well there and the guys that are, eh, and then the bad ones, right? So, 
There, no one's getting any other information. All that is hoopla. Heck, if you watch the Wolf of Wall Street, the character mm-hmm. that Matthew McConaughey—that's true, by the way. That's not a joke. Like no one knows mm-hmm. if it's gonna. It's a woozy. It's a woozy. It's a woozy. It's a wazzy. He that no one knows, right? That's it's right, true. Joe. It's, it's true. Great. It's one hundred percent true. But you've watched enough. You've you've felt the the feeling. You've had the the just the sense. And the knowledge after how many years and knowing that, yeah, this is not timing out really well. We know they're going to start resting guys that week. And, of course, that's what happened, and it cost them. And that's the problem with not having a consistent, knowledgeable system where you can kind of plug and play. And you're not expecting, obviously, Jackson Hayes to do what Anthony Davis does, but maybe the way he's setting screens up, maybe the way he rolls to the basket is the same way. It's just – you know, it's going to be a little more difficult. You're not going to get 30 points from 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 Jackson Hayes, but maybe you can get. Well, I mean, you're, points. you're right, Joe. And and to take away a little positivity, at least Rui and LeBron were trying to attack. I mean, they were trying to be physical, um, especially against this, uh, that team. Um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> look here. Here's what I would have done, okay, Rodell, and for everybody, anybody else out there, kind of. Defending him, basically saying, well, you know what, Sean? He was sitting out three guys uh, voluntarily, by the way. That was his conscious, critical thinking to to sit three people. So he puts golden handcuffs on himself, and people still want to defend his actions. After his starting five is a minus 20, he brings them out again in the third quarter, and they're already down by we were down by seven. We were down by sixteen like that in the yeah. third quarter. Like yeah. that. It's not a it's not a it's not a quick it, the pulse isn't there. He doesn't make quick decisions. And most NBA most coaches, and especially in the NBA, and NBA's always been like this. Most NBA coaches are not good at coaching. Uh, being a head coach and Joe Dean Smith had a saying he said that um, he it was his feeling that the coach who called the first time out during a game was the coach that was going to lose I'm not sure if you would agree with that or not but well the the thing with Dean Smith I, I actually am one of the few people that I believe Dean Smith sacrificed more titles due to the message and that's that's something I think down the road we should talk about because a lot of people are are, are love Dean Smith. No one's ever said a bad thing about him. Uh, I'm I'm caught in the middle on that one. But then again, uh, yeah, I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not trying. <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to drive the train up the tracks either. No, so. I'm not. Not at I, all. No, which, I'm not. Right, right. Which again makes me, you know, when we talk about let's say someone like Nick Saban, Nick Saban was able to do both. Yes. See, and that's. I'm sorry, folks. This is sports. You're supposed to win the title, right? That's it, it, it's a defining and, and, thing. And, and and Joe, it's it's not just it's not just him putting those golden handcuffs around himself and not looking at his own mistakes in the mirror and saying, "I need change." It was also his demeanor at the end of the game. He's smiling. He's dabbing it up with Pop and the rest of the coaching staff. That hit a lot of people the wrong way, Joe. Including and that's uh, the culture, and those who our, are, our yeah. panelist Nick Molina, who those are those are those. So nobody those... would qu- nobody would question Nick Molina's uh, professional 
ethics. So Those? if Nick if Nick is pissed off, you f***ed up. Oh yeah, big time. Absolutely. If Nick gets mad, you did something wrong. I'm gonna believe that. I'm gonna believe Nick before I even. And initially, I'm gonna believe Nick before I believe you. So you better, you know, you better have your facts together. The thing is, this culture of grab assing and hand slapping the opponent is 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 the world we live in. Unfortunately, those who have not uh, embraced that culture are guys like Draymond Green and Russell Westbrook who are obnoxious. That's the problem. The few that don't do that are obnoxious and do bad things in their own way. So we're in, a, in an era where everyone gets along, everyone is happy, everyone feels good, whether they're, it's wins or losses. That's the, that's the world we live in. I'm not saying don't shake hands with the team who beat you. Yeah, but there's a difference between saying good game, good game, good game, and then... Oh, yeah. You know, every time I see these guys, it's like they're, they they hadn't seen each other in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... it's, it's... Uh, one thing that that it is is uh, a dog and pony show to me. Oh, hey, how you doing? Hey, it's like a high school read. It's like Romeo. See you tomorrow. Michelle. Yeah, yeah it's like know, Romeo and Michelle's high school. We were coaching, reunion. you know, together before, and you know, now we're, you know, um, yeah, let's, you know, let's have lunch. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I saw you in Fiji in yeah. in August. Yeah, yeah all yeah. that bull crap. And then, and then I, it, it's 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 at the end of the day, Joe. It's it's really it's 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 con it's conceit. That's what it is. It's it's pure conceit, and not understanding the moment. Because, I mean, your fans are pissed off at you right now, and you probably don't give a rat's ass sitting in the office right now with your feet up. My get my guess is Darvin Ham doesn't drink beer, Joe. He he strikes me more as like a like a Merlot, maybe kind of a a Macallan kind of person. So I'm sure he's drinking his scotch right now and not having a care in the world, even though you just dropped a bad game to a bad team. And like you and Gerald are saying, now you're fa- now you're looking down the barrel of the back half of this month, which is harsh. It's harsh. We, we so already- I hope I hope they enjoyed that day off that they got because we're gonna see the level of competition. The the, the Lakers, the Lakers, or I guess didn't see the fact that we're, we're at a very mediocre time in the NBA in terms of the distance between the top tier teams and the bottom tier teams. So these games will matter in three and a half months. They will matter greatly. So you can't sit there and say, well, it's a game that we lost in December. The, 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 this loss later might cost you a a, 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 a fourth seed and, and drop into a five. That means you got to start playing a team on the road where you have sucked. You have sucked on the road. This is a game you cannot lose regardless of who's playing. You have to win this game. It's a three-win team. 
and you made these guys look like all stars on top of it. You, 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 it's a shameful performance, absolute shameful performance. And it's, I just don't identify with a lot of things that are going on anywhere really these days. And I, I wish I could go back and talk to people in the seventies and hear what they said. Did they say the same things in the seventies about how things aren't like they were in the fifties? I'm not talking about social issues. I'm talking about mentality, the mentality to be great, the mentality to have pride every day in doing what you're doing. You're, you're earning your money. Are you earning your money? And are you qualified to do what you're doing? That might be the biggest one here. Who is really qualified to do the job that they're doing? And are you in a position where if they're not qualified, can you train them to be qualified at least a little bit? That's what sports is. Can you put players in the best possible position who might have not been able to be put in the right position in previous teams or previous games? It doesn't seem like these it doesn't seem like that these players who are kind of teetering on that edge are are, are ever gonna go above that mediocre line or even that line to where they can be serviceable on a day-to-day game-to-game basis. That's what we need. We can't if you have a dud once every one, you know, once in a while, okay, you know, that's that happens, but it's like you're always you know, just grinding your teeth into like, God, is he gonna is he gonna make that layup? Every time Jackson Hayes gets that ball under the basket, this guy's seven feet tall. And you're like, is he gonna make it? You seize up. Same thing with Christian Wood. Is he gonna make the free throw? Vanderbilt, well, oh my God, he got that corner three, and I'm like, that's the first thought I had. He was wide open. Is he gonna make it? What kind of life, what kind of viewing pleasure is this? There's no pleasure in it. You're constantly seizing yourself while watching these or no, games. We're, yeah, we're like George C. Scott in that movie, Hardcore. Like like Quint trying to get the shark off me. No! Oh, good, he made it, or whatever, right? No, Joe, Joe Sorrow makes a really good point here, ladies and gentlemen. The viewing experience right now borders on seething rage that, to it, it, to to uh just paralyzed nihilism the like, gr- there's very little joy right now in in laker some of the greatest scenes in the history of anything i have never wanted something not to happen one of the i shouldn't say the one thing but one of the few things I've not. I did not want to happen. It was what was that shark eating Quint? I was like, <laughs> no, no, no! And it was like Spielberg delayed it so perfectly, and you're sitting there like, and then no. <laughs> it, it had to be Quint, right? It could have been that smart ass. Of course, ass it, had to be. it had to be the baddest man there. It could have been who? Could have been who? Hooper. But yeah. but I, and, you know, if if Quint. Uh, Look, man, it's funny how those things carry you and define your character and define who you are, right? Uh, Just make-believe stuff, sports. I think it's funny how how we're defined a lot by art 
and competition, our personalities come out and and and, and, and enhance with that, and it, we we embrace it and we adopt it. Right? Uh, the Lakers, the Lakers are. If I had to assess the Lakers here after twenty six games, they are still in that mode of we're still the Lakers, and we just need to tread water until we get to the playoffs. That's Joe, a dangerous, that's a that's a dangerous game. Uh, it is a dangerous game. That is a dangerous game. Uh, great point. Uh, Alan actually has a great question in the chat. He says. If we review all the games, how many games with him would you rate as great, good, okay, bad, awful? So good, great, good, okay, bad, awful, Joe. So that's that's five. So out of the 26 games, how would you rate his coaching as great? Two? Only one comes to mind. Okay. All right. I would have given him two, but I'm perfectly comfortable just giving him one. The okay. question is, which game are you talking about now? That one game where he coached well. I think we're thinking about the same one, personally. Mm-hmm. So we'll just give him the one, then. I'm not going to argue about the other one. Good? I'd say three. Yeah, three at yeah, the Yeah, a handful, yeah. I don't... I don't... <laughs> So that's four. So they played 26 games. Now it's 22. How many were were okay? Maybe a third of them? Let's say eight. Yeah, okay. So that's 12. We're down to 14 now. Yeah, 14 awful games. 14. 14 awful games. And I, they've won some of those, obviously. But it's, yeah, not, not good. We got to 20 likes. So, I mean, I got to call Joe Darth Rages now. Arthrageous of the uh, of the. It's a, it's a, it's it's a catchy name. I I, I gotta admit, uh, I need a good mask though. I want something that doesn't look like Donald Duck. <laughs> no, that's good. I I you know what? You should probably try and go with um, ins- inspire. You know what? You you kind of remind me of somebody who would like hang around with Darth Maul. Probably Darth Maul. Who was what? Who like really did? I, other than Kylo Ren, he had the coolest. He had the coolest mask. I, I'd say I, I'd say because it was natural, right? And and the Darth Vader had, and he could probably make really cool masks. I'm not saying that you can't. I mean, Bane in in uh, the, the the Dark Knight Rises was a damn good mask. Uh, I even played him in a, or I was him for Halloween one year too. Uh, but I like the natural, whatever the species he was. Uh, I like the Wolverine. That's a natural thing. He's not wearing a mask. So I would probably be more, if I had to pick uh, a, a facial, iconic facial look, It would prob- I would probably lean towards more of a, uh, some kind of specific maybe alien uh, look, something that looks really, really cool. And... <clears throat> Darth Rages, I mean, it's a little, you know, redundant. All all Sith lords are or Sith. Uh, the all the Sith guys are all uh, angry. So, but Rages is good. It, it's a, it's it's original. I like and it, and it flows. <laughs> and some days, some days the rage is there at full throttle. Some days it's not. Uh, it, 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 
Monday's game was worse. It's probably the worst game I watched this year, and it had really not not a lot to do with the Lakers. It was more than my hatred for the Dallas Mavericks because they play like garbage against everybody except the Lakers, it seems, and it just drives me nuts. Yeah, uh, Joe, shout out to Rodell in the chat. Actually uh, wanted to get his uh, his thoughts on here. Please stop telling me what is a shooter. If you can't make free throws, you are not a shooter. That is correct. That is correct. And we kept we kind of kept hearing that in the offseason, Joe, is that, uh, you know, the Lakers are going to need Christian Wood's perimeter shooting. They're going to need his perimeter shooting. Well, Ham decided not to play him in the first set, played him here, and Joe, well, the numbers – other than his free throws look all right, he didn't he didn't play the way he's supposed to play. This team's supposed to take it up another level. Nine shot attempts in thirty minutes, not getting it done. It's an interesting uh, it's an interesting assessment on 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 the let's say two players on the Lakers that were maligned before they came here. You had Cam Reddish, who was essentially dubbed a bust at this point at this point right and then you have christian wood who's played for several teams and couldn't sign a deal with anybody right and there was a lot of whispers on really what was the deal this is a 27 year old you know skilled player who averaged double double one year what what's going on right uh christian wood is who we thought well he is who everyone thought he was this is who he is this is why he wasn't signed by anyone. This is why the Lakers were able to get him at the price they got him at. Cam Reddish has bucked the negativity a little bit on the defensive side. However, he can't stay healthy and can't do anything on offense, which means that will probably play a major factor when you start playing the elite teams who are coached well and when it's got bigger stakes. The Lakers do not have anywhere. They don't have anyone anywhere. And you can maybe throw in Austin Reeves a little bit of a bone if he continues to play like this. But he's still going to be a problem on defense to a degree. But you really don't have anyone other than AD and LeBron who you can rely on. Austin, just a little bit more. But that's it. You can't rely on someone coming off the bench and protecting leads or helping get that shot when you need it. All momentum in basketball is so quick, especially in this era. It's so quick. It's so debilitating. If you can get it right, too, to your advantage, that three-point shot, two three-point shots in a row can just absolutely decimate the opponent, especially if they're up 14 and you bring it down to, uh, let's say, two, and you hit that three and then force them to take a timeout. Now you're up one going into the to the next series. But the Lakers seem to struggle with that last three-point shot, the last couple three-point shots. And then they screw, up, screw it up at the line and go one for two. And then they'll come back and shoot a three. I, I, I've actually sat down. I know I'm busy and all, but I still, you know, guys, I still do prep work, even though it doesn't look like it on TV. But there, you got to do prep work, guys. Otherwise, I, I can't be reading while I'm driving and I'm on the road <laughs> half the time. But so when I get home, I, I do prepare and I look at what's going on and what's what's setting up. So now, how are we going to set up 
how are we going to explain the momentum instances? I'll tell you what, what it is. Okay. Imagine you, 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 you have this play where you end up getting fouled when you should have made the shot, right? And end one, you miss one free throw. And then the team comes back and shoots a three. That whole sequence you did was essentially a missed shot. Now it's a missed shot. I'm going to still stick with the two points, even though the three-point shot is dominant in many ways. It's still not more than a two-point shot. You're still doing more two-point shots than three, no matter how much they shoot from three. So now when you add that up during the game, that's a good statistic to create. When you add that during the game, I guarantee you those who lose that battle will likely lose the game. Those who allow last-second shots at the end of one, two, three, especially, you'll find out, especially if it's a three, you'll find out that those teams probably lose more than they win. And the Lakers do all the stupid basics wrong. It's just what it is. I... I don't have the statistics, and I know sometimes statistics can surprise you. Just like when you told me about possessions from the 90s and now, I would have guaranteed I would have bet that there was more possessions now. What what it did tell me is all our assumptions and all our, ah, things were better back in the day. That's all horse garbage, okay? Mm -hmm. That's all horse crap. The difference between today and and, and, and the 90s is we are, that the player is more efficient at scoring and creating assists and rebounds. Why? Yeah, the rules have helped. You can't hand check. There's a zone. You you know you can't. You can zone up. Whatever. There's more spaces to to, to shoot. There's and obviously, violence. Joe, then the, the natural evolution of the game. It's allowed the you guys are shooting more. Better. Guys are getting better training. Blah 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 blah. The problem is they're not getting good training in the in the in the places we want, like their health too. Well, Joe. Joe, there was a there was a great uh, there was a great article written, and uh, I'll, I'll try and bring it up here. That was basically it. It posited that um, the late great Kobe Bean Bryant um, loved practicing. Joe, he hated it, but he loved it. And him and Mozart shared something very similar. They were both quick studies, Joe. Mozart was writing symphonies when he was 10 years old. Kobe Kobe probably wanted to play in the like Italian Division II league when he was 10 years old. But the the idea was that they both practiced the right way. That's why they got to where they got to. Because when you practice the right way, you never have to worry about playing the wrong way, right? And too often... I agree with you, and that's the frustrating part, playing down to your competition. See, the competition shouldn't matter. It's what this man was saying. Are your instincts honed? Are your fundamentals sound? Can you create opportunities for yourself or other people? Can you do all those things? Then if you could do it, it doesn't matter how the other team's going to play. It it doesn't matter who you're playing. Better, worse. Same. You're going to win the game if you play. And Joe, there are some coaches and some organizational philosophies that don't pay attention to what anyone else is doing. They only 
pay attention to what they're doing. And that's a concern I have. And I know Joe has it and Gerald has it. Is that they're not doing their homework. And this lack of preparation is still a problem. Even it with three guys out. Forget the three guys out. I just I just post I just put that uh quote up from uh LeBron, Joe. He said he said that health is wealth and it's going to be harder to win without three starters. And he basically alluded to the fact that they can they could beat anybody they want in the league because they've shown it in the in season tournament. It's called resting on your laurels, my friend. They're playing like they they're twenty and six. That's that's how this game was. Actually, I don't even remember elite the elite teams ever losing games like this. And if they did, it was competitive. The Lakers used to lose to the Bobcats a lot, but they were competitive. And you can brush that off. Because if you've watched enough sports, you know there's always that one team that's your irritant. You get it. I get it. Like, that's common sense stuff. But when you're doing it every time to just anybody, it, it becomes it becomes now, are you are you really about doing this? What do you what do you do? Uh it's a tough it's a tough assessment in a lot of ways because culture has changed. And anybody with a hangnail now, I mean. I didn't want to really get into this because I, I, I know you guys want to rant, but Jesus Christ, D'Angelo was out because of a migraine? Are you freaking kidding me? I would have traded him right now for nothing. Actually, I mean, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's he just got to today at midnight. We, he, he, mm-hmm. You can trade D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. If if I mm-hmm. I don't – it's it's just not going to work, Sean. I, I, my brain does not function – in terms of ferocity in this era, there's no ferocity. It's not enough. And then the ones that have the ferocity are fake ones. You know, the gun-toting, yeah, flag-waving types. We were talking about that with the national anthem today when mm-hmm. we were dialoguing. Mm-hmm. People are getting on LeBron for not paying attention i'm like actually actually joe uh gerald and uh the audience were actually interested in your thoughts so no it will segue away from uh a very uh disconcerting just a dog of an effort by the lakers losing 129 115 and we'll flush it and uh move on joe we're signaling the ref for a quick timeout but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. So what were your thoughts when you initially read them about, you know, the rancor and the kind of the hullabaloo made about uh, what LeBron had to say uh, about his um, kind of cloak and dagger uh, entrances into arenas? So you guys can look at the, the catalog 
and I've said this a few times here the last few weeks, I have gotten on LeBron on a lot of things. Like your family member and your friends, you get mad at your wife, your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your kids, your friends, your neighbor, your coworker. Just because you call them out doesn't mean you hate them. This needs to stop. Okay? I was, I've gotten irritated to the point where, yeah, I don't want to talk to this person or support them. But guess what? I slap myself in the face and I go, stop being that guy. Don't be that guy. Okay? LeBron has made me very angry in some of his responses to some of the social issues that have gone on because he's not informed. Like most people, most people are stupid. The only difference is LeBron James has 40 million people watching him through his social media and then probably another 100 million in general, whatever, right? More than that, probably. He can sway things if he doesn't have the facts. And it hurts, especially when it's against the greater good of our culture in this country. He hasn't done that. And for LeBron James to get criticism, this guy can't walk anywhere in public without someone concocting some kind of imaginary assumption that he's thinking something. Like, you're all a bunch of Nostradamuses and psychics. Okay? Yeah, it's like children of, they think they're children of the corn. Every single time this guy walks outside, he's got every eyeball on him. And the second he sneezes left, oh, he's a communist because he sneezed left. Okay, relax. This guy can't move without somebody thinking something. Enough already. Cut the BS. 95%, if not 100% of the people that are sitting home when the national anthem is being played, I'm going to repeat what I said in our discussion, are flickering their you-know-whats drinking a beer in the other hand while it's going. So get off your high horse, get out of your glass house, find something else to be miserable about because your lives are miserable, absolutely miserable. Know the difference. You've heard me say the word context, right? Context, okay? You had an argument on some of the other stuff that gone on. I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to get into it. There's arguments there. I'll just put it that way. But this guy's walking in, trying to find a seat while a thousand people are looking and taking care of somebody. What, what do you want him to do? What do you want this guy to do? You guys are criticizing Giannis now, and I, I'm not going to say he, he didn't act like a complete jackass the way he ran, but I'm also not going to sit there and say Giannis is a lost cause. You guys are creating a nice guy into a devil mouth because of all your garbage. This is what you guys do. You did it to Kobe. You did it to, uh, you were doing it to Michael Jordan in the 90s. And I say you as in media and the public because they're just so enamored with these guys and they want them to be perfect. And the second they're not perfect, oh my God, I can now take this out and make my own little side hustle money to so I can get clicks or get articles read back in the day. It's like a not, it's, it's like garbage. That's why it's important, folks. It's very important, if I can give you any advice in life, be an a-hole at the beginning, even if you're not. 
because then they can't come back at you. If you notice, Dennis Rodman, when he went whack, wackadoo, every time he'd say stuff about Mormons, he'd say stuff about white Larry Bird and this and that. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, this is Dennis Rodman being Dennis Rodman. You know, he's Dennis Rodman. Be an a-hole at the beginning. Because then you got nothing to go. They can't go back. They can't go back. That's it. And, you know, treat the people who deserve it right. There is a balance like everything else in life. So it's nonsense. I actually try to not click or watch or anything like that. Because the moment you start getting into that, guys, I have avoided TV as much as I can. The the pre-games, the post-games, the halftime shows, because of the utter idiocy of the dialogue from so many great players doing doing analysis. I mean, the second I get to a point where I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I want to watch something. I want to see what's going on. I've been gone all day, and this is like a 20 minute blip where I can catch up. Then somebody like Kendrick Perkins comes up and starts talking about how Draymond Green is the greatest big man of our era. And I'm like, oh my God, you stupid moron. We're not talking about Draymond Green 10 years ago. We're talking about why does he keep kicking people in the nuts and slapping them in the face? What does this resume have to do with it? This is the problem. Get to the source. Talk about what happened. Stop telling me about what he did 10 years ago. You know, Pablo Escobar was one of the biggest philanthropists in Colombia. You know what he also did? Killed families on the side. Okay? Wake the F up. Stop wasting your time with nonsense. Focus. When we do the show, we're talking about tonight and a few things from before and after for reference. And uh, just just uh, just a correction off of uh, uh, playback. I believe Gerald had tentatively said that uh, the game against the Knicks would be on Sunday. That game is actually on Monday, December 18th. So the Lakers will have... Uh, uh, another day off to per- help prepare for uh, for the Knicks. Uh, Joe, as uh, they welcome the Knicks into town, uh, what do you hope to see from uh, the performance at home? Because well, it's going to be the last home game for for a bit here. I'm going to tell you right now: if they leave those guys in New York open all day, they're gonna. It's going to be a blowout. So they better go home and they better be Velcro on uh, Brunson and, the, and those guys. Otherwise, you're going to see more threes being shot because if I'm a coach and I'm telling these guys, hey, we got to prepare for the Lakers, I'll be like, listen, just move the ball, get the ball to the open man because they ain't going to come close out that that guy. They ain't going to close you out. You're going to have at least two player links to shoot at a wide open shot. And by the way, just for the record, the Knicks are an okay team. They're essentially who we are. We're we're fifteen and eleven. They're thirteen and ten. Um, both teams do do good things slightly differently, but at the at the same time, Joe, like you said, if the Lakers just want to come and uh, tiptoe through the tulips in that first quarter, it's gonna be a long game. It'll be a long game. These guys because, have the skill set. Brunson and the Villanova boys, yeah. they play to the hilt. They play yes. to the hilt. Yes, and and uh, even though they're missing Mitchell Robinson, um, they still play hard-nosed defense because they have the coach who will 
beat it out of them if he has to. I'm going to marinate on this for a minute. I don't really know how it's going to play out on Monday, but they're going to these they have to take advantage of this next two games otherwise if they lose on Monday, it, it, these are two losses that they have that they they that become bigger losses down the road, huge losses, especially after the gauntlet that they're going to have to run the the three the, the triple threat after that after they play the Bulls and hell, they just lost the worst team in the NBA. Bulls, you know, at that point, we'll we'll be looking at, are are they going to lose three in a row? The two bad teams out of the three? Pistons Pistons are actually now the worst team in the NBA, Joe. Mm. Spurs have four wins. The Pistons still only have two. But, yeah, it felt like we lost the worst team because they've been on uh, an 18-game losing streak up until tonight. Right. Joe, before we head on out, just briefly, your your final thoughts about the game tonight, because even though the Lakers didn't turn the ball over, Joe, the Spurs took advantage of the turnovers, the points off the turnovers. Between the points off the turnovers and the free throws we missed, Joe, that was the ball game. And that was oh. with that was with the Spurs out shooting them. So even though the Lakers played a very bad game, it's not as if they just got hammered and blown out of the water they just decided that they were gonna flip that switch and joe we talked about this time and time again i have to repeat myself again you can't fake intensity you can't just turn it on it's not a faucet it's not a light switch you have to be ready to go from the start you can't play catch up with me because if you're playing catch up with me and I'm in my highly intense state, Joe, that means I have to bring myself down a little bit to try and bring you up. And I remember a coach a long time ago, Joe, took us aside and said, boys, I don't have a problem with bringing some of you down. But the problem is bringing some of you up. That's my problem. And I think that's essentially what the problem is here is that some guys aren't ready to go with the intensity to start. You better bring it Monday. You better bring it Monday. And you better bring your hard hat and your lunch pail because those Villanova boys and Julius Randle, who's coming back to L.A., and you know he's going to want to play well. They're going to be ready for us. Do you, do you see a distinctive difference between a Frank Vogel defense and a Darvin Ham defense? Yes. Okay, so what you're saying is that Frank Vogel knows how to coach players on how to play defense, correct? Yes. Okay, so you have players on this team, even the ones that at this point were, are, in my book, are, are not considered NBA caliber. Max Christie, uh, really Christian Wood starting to get there. Uh, Jackson Hayes to a degree as well. Uh, Torian Prince, uh, serviceable, but kind of always teetering in that, right? The the easiest way to be productive is to have that intensity in areas that require intensity, absolute intensity, which is the defensive end. These guys are all elite athletes. You don't play basketball unless you're an elite athlete. Larry Bird used to get, oh, he's slow and can't jump. I saw footage of Larry Bird doing the fast break and getting to the paint. I go, 
I don't know where that came from. Just because he's not Dr. J or or Byron Scott doesn't mean he's not athletic. You can't play this game if you don't have some athleticism. That never made any sense to me. And in this case, you do have guys like Christie, Jackson Hayes, guys that are tall, guys that can move, guys that are athletic. They don't have the talent to be what we need them to be. But if you put them in the right position, you can at least get something for it. But they're not being put in the, in the correct position. Just a simple defensive scheme that can adjust could have avoided a lot of these open threes. You're blaming LeBron for not playing defense. And in any situation, I would agree with that. The problem, guys, is... We have an anomaly in our hands. We've never seen a player like of this caliber play 21 seasons. And really, he's played 25 seasons if you add his playoff appearances. You can't jeopardize this guy in any way. You lose LeBron, you're toast. So you have to give that guy a little bit of leeway. But everyone else... If you're not going to coach these guys up in how to guard and how to switch and how to close out on players that are open, if you can't do it with athletic guys like Jackson Hayes, Max Christie, Torian Prince, then what are you doing? Well, and and it's and look, it, playing zone is just a way of life sometimes, but. You play a zone for t- one of two reasons. One, you're trying you're trying to uh, get an offense into fits. Two, you don't have the requisite athletes to play one on one. Ham tried both and it failed miserably. That was the only adjustment he made in the whole game. Joe, he went to a one two two zone for about four minutes until Pop told uh, Devin Vassell how to uh, break the code. He unlocked it, and then that was it. You said something. You said something about a half hour ago about the first person who calls a timeout is the one that's quitting, right? Yes. So to me, that's what I feel about the zone. When you don't know what you're doing, typically, not all, not all 100%, but more often than more than not, when you start throwing in the zone, that means you don't know what the hell you're doing. Uh, the zone, if I had to put an analogy to it, will work when it does work, kind of like the way the Wildcat will work out of nowhere. So let's say you're struggling. You're struggling to get under the the, the un, uh, under the center because I'm not a big fan of the shotgun unless you have a really accurate quarterback and you have a receiver or receivers, tight end or not, who can get separation for at least a second. I never would be in a shotgun if those thing, things were not there, right? So what you do is when you're under uh, when you're under center, and then of course you have the process of handing the ball over, and the way players nowadays are catching up, they're even they're stopping people at the one. So now what would throw people off or throw things off? Let's use the, the tush push. That's throwing people off, right? And they're getting the, the the play done the way they want. And then you have let's say you throw in the the, the, the wildcat. Now they're like, oh, crap. Where's the quarterback? Oh, who's going to get the ball? Like, you, you, there's not enough time to react. So that's what the zone is. That's when it's effective at that kind of situation. These guys are going in and out of the the, the, the lane. They're getting 
certain shots that they want. Then all of a sudden the zone comes and they're like, oh, crap. Oh, shoot. Oh. And then they start missing shots and they start not knowing where to go. And they, they can't. Now they got to find the gaps because, like Stu says, when you play the zone, you just got to find the gaps. You got to find the, the, the empty areas. But if when you're kind of flustered, you're not paying attention. You're just trying to get around what, what, what's changed. It's just not – Darvin Ham is not going – he is not a head coach in the NBA. Because he's there's – yeah, yeah. There's no way he game planned to play his own. Especially, but he handcuffed himself, and so did they, right, Joe? And so he'll he'll tell everybody, yeah, forced to had to make an adjustment, had to try something, just like a Jackson Pollock, just throwing anything at the canvas and trying to sell it for five grand. Um, not gonna work with me. Not gonna work with my uh, esteemed co-host Joe Soro. Not gonna work with Gerald. Just not gonna cut it. With that being said, Joe, do you feel differently about Darvin Ham than you did at the start of the year? Not really. Not really. I I feel like, you know, we ignore a lot of times because we want to be positive. I've said this before. Because it's just hard to be negative about things, even though they are negative. It just it, it sets a bad feeling in your body. I get it. Believe me, I... You, you get these you get these feelings right away off of just a, sometimes things are just immediate and you're like oh god this guy sucks and of course you know two days later you find out oh he was doing this I'm like see I knew it just by looking at him right Darvin Ham I haven't been happy with Darvin Ham really except for a little bit in the playoffs but that's see that didn't count because LeBron and AD were playing off the charts that can cover your deficiencies when the greats play well. I didn't like his answers in the first press conference yet. As soon as I heard him start pulling the cliche stuff and just kind of the overall BS dialogue, I was like, they got another dumbass." That was my first reaction. By the way, he's not a dumbass. I meant coaching-wise. Probably Mm -hmm. shouldn't have used that word. They got another dud. They got another dud coach. And, man, have the Lakers failed. They've they've gotten some good. They've gotten some. I don't count Phil Jackson as a find. That was he was available and they got him. Okay, Pat Riley, he was there. They they gave him the job. They've really never, in my viewing and even recent, even when I've been alive, maybe Bill Sharman, maybe Bill Sharman's the only one. I don't know if. Cudlow back in the Minneapolis Minneapolis days. I don't know if they coveted him. Probably not. But the Lakers have been dog doo-doo when selecting coaches. Absolute trash. Whether they've had stars on their team or whether they've had duds. So you can't come back. Oh, well, Luke Walton didn't have a team. Oh, Byron Scott didn't have a team. Well, what about Mike? Well, Mike Dunleavy didn't do too bad. Uh, Kurt Rambis, Del Harris to a degree. Mark Darvin Ham, Rudy Tomjanovich. It's not. It's an ongoing Randy Fund. I mean, it's it's been a it's been a just an absolute just they just don't know what they're doing there. They never have. And it's it's it, if they're gonna win it this year, there is no other way that the Lakers can win a championship this way with this team 
let's say they stay the way they are, there's no way they're going to win unless LeBron and AD. LeBron from 2016 has to show up and AD from 2017 has to show up for the entire run. Those guys do that, we got a shot. But if that doesn't happen, ain't going to be Darvin Ham that's going to help. Austin Reeves continues to do what he does. He will help a little bit. D'Angelo to a degree here and there. Rui to some degree. But, man, we don't have anybody else, man. We don't have anyone else that can can make me feel like, man, if we can get this guy going here in the third quarter and Lonnie Walker a game, I mean, you know, there could be somebody out there that does that here and there, but not enough for for a a seven-game series, unfortunately. Wayne's World, back to reality. This is the NBA, and while the in-season tournament was kind of not kind of a nice dog and pony show for everybody, the Lakers won the in-season tournament title, Joe, and they were in fourth place in the Western Conference. They've had a really bad week in Texas. They've gone from fourth, sixth to eighth now. This is life in the NBA. If you have a bad week, you can go from home court to play-in. Just like that. Going to add something, sir? You can't lose these games to, to, to four-win teams. Not this early in the season. If you had lost this game in February after a five-game winning streak, I would have bought it a little bit more. But not not right now. This game should have been a win. You, you can't even describe this game as a clunker. They didn't really turn the ball over. They didn't foul. They didn't foul an exorbitant amount. Um, yeah, they missed. They missed their free throws. Um, half-assed it a lot on the rotations. It just didn't show up, Joe. Yeah, it, and I just think that leadership in general in life isn't good, and and it, sports is it's the same way. Because uh, I started really kind of questioning my assessment on leadership. All three of my teams have coaches I don't like. I just don't like them. I don't like, I don't like their, they don't, they don't coach well. And the proof is in the pudding folks. It's not me not wanting to like them. I want to like them, but three playoff wins and what will be 13 seasons, one short seasoned world series when you've had the best team, probably seven out of the 10 years, seven out of the 11 years you've been picking the, the playoffs. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable to have that, level of futility and still have your job i'm sorry i don't i'm not gonna buy it i'm not gonna sit here and do what rich eisen and that dudhead kendrick perkins does and what a lot of other guys do they keep telling me about your goddamn resume i don't care what happened in 2009 anymore unless i'm reminiscing what is winning super bowl 43 gonna do for the coach the last 13 years now what is what is it going to do what is this player who was great once going to do now i want to know it's 20 now. it's it's 2023 i'm not interested in what you did 10 years ago i don't eat, i had a great high school life junior high college all that garbage okay i loved it i loved the 90s i'll talk about stories sure but I don't give a damn about that that time anymore. I'm about now. I'm about taking care of business now. Do it now. No one, 
Everyone has got an excuse about why and what, depending on what happened. No one gives a crap, and it has no relevancy. What did Tom Brady say? And he got it from a he got it from somebody else. I forgot who it was, and he finally had told the story about it. He goes, well, "What's your favorite Super Bowl?" And of course, his answer is the next one. And why is Tom Brady a seven-time Super Bowl champion? Why did Kobe Bryant practice fourteen hours a day? You know why he practiced fourteen hours a day, folks? Because he knew Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady, two guys that were more athletically gifted and bigger, wouldn't touch him in the end. You think Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady wouldn't have been one of the two greatest, at least in the argument, if those guys had Kobe's work ethic? And you know what Kobe said about Shaq, if he had had his work ethic? He said there would be no doubt if Shaq had Kobe's work ethic, he'd be the greatest basketball player that ever played basketball. Ever. That's not a hot take. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, appreciate everybody coming in here. Look, this is the place to come and vent, win or lose, because we let you say what you want to say. We don't sugarcoat losses here, and we don't uh, run up anybody's brown hind parts when they win either. We call like we see it. It's balls and strikes with us, or misses and makes. And we appreciate y'all. And with that, we'll say good night. Hopefully, enjoy your evenings. We'll be back on Monday. Hopefully, kicking the Knicks' ass. With that, I'm your host, Magic Man, aka Sean Grice, my co-host George Soro. Have a great weekend, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night.